When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wow, I'm a Hulkamaniac, so I remember this one. Oh, man. Okay. Is it winners of the Royal Rumble? You're getting closer. Getting closer. Is this everyone's entrance into the Royal Rumble? I mean, Rod's getting way closer with with winners of the Royal Rumble. Oh, man. Yeah. Something Triple H, Batista, and Hulk Hogan have all done. And remember, guys, all right? Hulk Hogan is not a racist. Terry Bollea is. <laughs> Who is? Terry Bollea. Terry Bollea. <laughs> He's a racist, but Hulk Hogan is not. So we were like, Robin, let me you tell you, song? brother. No, 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 no. Hulk Hogan is a Keep damn fine. Your yeah, he's a Keep damn fine American. He wants you to take your vitamins. <laughs> he wants you to pay your taxes, listen to your mom and dad. I love Hulk Hogan, but I will have to admit as a black man that Terry Bollea, he's a damn racist. <laughs> I love Ms. Bull Hogan, though. <laughs> All right, so you said it. we're close. Very close. I love oh, it. Oh, man, that disappoints me. Well, when you close. said that, though, when you, you said winners, suddenly so we're on the right track. Very much on the right track, yes. All right. Okay. Man, and I, I thought it was newer, my new age wrestling thing, but it's not. Oh, man. I, I, I guarantee you somebody like Jeff Howard, CB's got this Okay, already. so all of these guys were in the World Rumble, but they all became WWE champion? I mean, they all did, but no, that is not what the reason. Dang oh, it. Oh, that was a good is one. It more, is that it a more select list of people? Did they win their championship via the Royal Rumble? No, no. This is a, a group that I think is at nine people now. Wow. Oh, whoa. I got it. You got Give it. it to me. You go, got go, it? go, 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 go. You go. They all acted in movies? Nope. Dang it. Nope. But they have. Because you just never have there, well, Batista. Hulk Hogan was in Rocky. Not everybody. Not everybody in this full list. Of, not everybody oh, in my full okay. list. Okay. Well, they're all okay. trying to take, you know. Yeah, yes, everyone, everyone but one of them has. Okay. Everybody in wrestling wants to go the same route. Even my man Mark Henry probably wants to go the route. They all want to go the. They, I know. They all want to go the, the route that The Rock did. The it, Rock. Oh, yeah. Everybody. The Rock is the ultimate path for every wrestler. Absolutely. It's like, you know, it, because you can't wrestle forever because it's really hard on your body. So you'd like that kind of natural path to, to cross over and transition. And you are an entertainer. Yep, yep, And yep. there is acting involved. So there is kind of a natural progression there. And nobody did it better than Rock. Hulk Hogan did it, too. But, I mean, no, remember, no holes barred. Hulk Hogan. No, uh, and and uh, Mr. Mr. Nanny. Yeah, one day was an alien or something at one time. Yeah, yeah he one, was also in the, the Three Ninjas. Yeah, as I'm saying, he tried it for a while. but Santa just, with muscles. Yeah, yeah. he could. Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, now the act, the uh, the wrestlers are better actors. Way Batista better. Batista can act. And so John, John Cena's not bad. 
He's a gay kind of comedic actor. Yep, too, yep, and yep. But nobody's better than Rock. The Rock is, I mean, he's an A-list star So, now. wait a minute. So, is the next... Ah, we'll wait. I'll give it one right. more. I'll give it one more. All right. Usually he makes this one pretty obvious. Yeah, I thought we were I, know, I told you, you were hey, good. Y'all, y'all were getting good. too good. I had to make it super he specific. You, your, it's your fault, Harsh. I know. I'm sorry. Yesterday you got it on the first <laughs> try for Midweek Movie Music, and now he's like, well, they're going to be specific. They're going to be very specific. I'm, I'm surprised the text line hasn't got it yet. Yeah. Um, I turned it off, too. So <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised they haven't got it. Uh, I expect text line hasn't gotten it either because nope. you're so specific. He was upset because <laughs> E-Ray. Look, I gave you the hint. I think there's there's eight or nine people who fit into this category. Oh man! Okay. I, yeah. Okay. I'm, I can't wait. To, now I'm intrigued. Yeah, me Super too. Super intrigued. Because you've impressed me with your wrestling knowledge, there, hard. Oh, oh, I'm a, I'm a oh, man. I used to used to get into it every huh? Saturday night. Yeah. Like in the very beginning, because I used to deal with the Von Erics, bro. Don't forget, I'm older than you. You older, so you go yeah, old school. I was way in yeah, Ice Man King Parsons. You, you before they nationalized it. Coco really. Beware. Yeah. You know oh, I remember Coco Beware. Yeah. Oh man, that, yeah. that's a fun game. Yeah. Just throw out random wrestling names until like somebody, somebody. <laughs> it's gonna be a drinking game. You just throw out random wrestling names until you either repeat the name of somebody all else in. or <laughs> all in, dog. I'm or all you in. forget. Yeah, I'm all in. <laughs> That'd be pretty good, though. That'd be pretty good. Anyway, uh, sorry, I shouldn't be encouraging drinking drinking games. Only, <laughs> only if you use use Uber and, and Lyft and ride share if you're gonna do that. Or just do it at your party at home. Do it at your party at home. That's right. Yeah, hopefully. Well, you know, if you're at home, like my wife, she's not into that. I can't do it with wifey. Oh, you know? yeah, that's true. Yeah, she ain't into that. You'd be kind of drunk thing. by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> just naming wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Baby. All right, let's hit this cowboy story, man, because these are very like, interesting little nuggets here. There's like three different things we got to hit now. Um, and we'll get into the conference championship stuff a little bit later on and get back to the other NFL stories which were the hiring of Frank Reich by the uh, Carolina Panthers. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett was hired by the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Um, so we'll get to that. But the Cowboys, there's a lot going on, man. It's big, it's big news. So the biggest news that we've gotten so far is that Dan Quinn, based on now multiple reports, gentlemen, yeah. um, Tom Pellicero, I believe, was the first one that my man Patrick uh, told me that had it, but other than that, now it's everywhere, that Dan Quinn has an, is basically informed teams that are interested in him as, uh, for their head coaching vacancy that he is staying in Dallas. It Holla. is a done deal. That is crazy. Okay, can I give you my theory? I, I told on. you guys my theory. This is my theory. And I, maybe I'm on the grassy knoll here by myself, and this makes no sense. I, I think there's been a discussion between Jerry Jones and Dan Quinn. And, he, and Jerry Jones has told Dan Quinn, listen, basically, it's a gentleman's agreement on the down low. You're my head coach in waiting. All right? You're my head coach in waiting. And here's the deal. We are going to win a Super Bowl in the next two or three years here. And if we don't win a Super Bowl in the next two years or so, um, or get past the divisional round, we're going to make a coaching change, and you'll probably be that guy. That's my that's my conspiracy theory about why Dan Quinn has decided. You know what? I'll stay there because I got a win win. If we do go to make a Super Bowl run, who's going to be the biggest reason why we make the Super Bowl run? Dan freaking Quinn. Exactly. And if they don't make a Super Bowl run, well. They'll fire Mike McCarthy pretty soon, and Dan Quinn will be the guy. He's their in-house coach in waiting. That's my conspiracy theory. Could be wrong. I'm going to believe it either way. I don't give a damn if I got facts or not. Exactly. (laughs) And I'll tell you this. With everything else, even if you had to pay Dan Quinn $4 million more a year, the money it will save you in the contract negotiations with Micah Parson is probably worth it. That's brilliant. And I'm going to give it to you even like deeper that. than that. Oh, I love that, actually. A lot of those guys that we were talking about yesterday that may be gone now may renegotiate to come back. 
because of Dan Quinn. I might take less money to stay with Dan Quinn and this defense. It's a great point because they thrived in it. Because they, I mean, Donovan Wilson. People have had their best years. Jaron Jaron Curtis did it last year. Exactly. And he was like, no, I'm coming back to play with the Dan Quinn. One hundred percent. It's a great point. So now all these LVE. other guys. El, thank you. And he saw it, and, and he's another guy that's sitting there looking. Okay, I've had injuries. There's probably not a market for me, but now being here, it makes me feel better to say I will come back and take less money than what I would on the open market. Not saying anybody's going to jump at him because you know as well as I do. We all do our homework. Mm-hmm. We look and you're like, mm, he's had multiple injuries. He's been out some time. But he also can come to the table and say, my numbers were better. when I, The defense's numbers were better. Oh, no question. And now that he's coming back, I'll take a little bit more less money because I'm going to look out for my guys. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a defense that led the NFL in takeaways and back-to-back years. First time that's happened for a defense in the NFL since the Steel Curtain. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, so that is really impressive. And they don't have no nickname. And they, they, Exactly. <laughs> well, maybe that's what Dan Quinn came back. Maybe yeah. they're going to get a nickname, earn a nickname for the third year. But I like Patrick's point about the Michael Parsons situation. He's going to be the highest-paid defensive player in the history of the NFL. We all agree with that. Agree. Um, so, yeah, you don't want a um, you know, contentious uh, negotiation, and he loves him. Dan Quinn, he's been very open about that. And to that point, to expand upon it a little bit more, you know, I've been big about how, and I was talking about this when the 49ers played the Cowboys, how the, the Cowboys defense matched up well with the 49ers. And what was the reason I kept saying they match up well with the 49ers? Mm-hmm. Because they're built from the same basic principle versatility, positionless football. Dan Quinn started experimenting with it in 2019 with Devondre Campbell when he was with the Atlanta Falcons and then serendipitously came to the Cowboys and they drafted Micah Parsons um, and then he brought in a guy like J. Run Curse. Um, remember he, at, at uh, la- two years ago actually, um, two years ago there were other pieces like Keanu Neal he brought in, very versatile players, but that's his, I think he wants to expand upon that. That's why he likes um, let's see, DB Israel Makuyamu. Mm-hmm. He's a big fan of big him. Big guy, 6 yeah. That's why he likes to play all the safeties like Donovan yep. Wilson. He likes Malik Hooker a lot. He likes to play three different safeties. He wants to be malleable and multiple not only in the uh, the philosophy and the, kind of the base ideology, but also he wants to be kind of the positionless version of, of, of defense uh, um, for what you see these, these days. And I don't think anybody else is as far ahead of him in that 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 search and in that path um, than Dan Quinn is. Now, he's only been there for two years, but I think he wants to build on it. This draft is going to be really intriguing for me um, to see if that is indeed the track that Dan Quinn wants to go on. There are a lot of clues that point to it, uh, but I think it'll be really obvious because no doubt this draft will have his fingerprints all over it. Oh, no doubt about it. And especially for the voids that are going to need to be filled, this is important all the way around. But I think more importantly – it gives us stability. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it gives us the thought process because what did I say? Who is going to go? Who, who's going to be the replacement? Who is going to be the person that you're going to go get if Dan Quinn decides to walk that can come back and bring that exact type of defense to the table? Yeah, right. Because it's going to be tough because mm-hmm. everybody doesn't believe in the same philosophy as others. And so no. you're going to have to really fill that void. And what ended up happening was the void was filled by, guess what, Dan Quinn coming back, baby. It's now you cool. can just fill it up, fig- figure it out. Now the question that I have for all of you is, does that mean that they're going to bring back Kellen Moore? 
Yeah, that's the other report here, um, and it's coming out of Dallas as well. It, it basically, Mike McCarthy did won't guarantee Kellen Moore's return. <laughs> he has been asked about it during a news conference today. Um, he said he's going to meet with Kellen Moore uh, as soon as Friday. And uh, when he was asked about it, he did not give a guarantee. He said, quote, I really don't want to play this game today. It's been a long couple of days. Kellen Moore, just like the rest of the coaches, will be evaluated. Every coach will be evaluated. The evaluations, it takes more than one day. So, um, really, he says, I feel good about <laughs> really. Yeah, he won't. He won't. Essentially, he will not guarantee it. So that doesn't mean he's gone. Um, but like I said, doesn't mean he's coming back either. Uh, I'll say this. I believe if if Kellen Moore is indeed gone, I believe Jerry Jones has probably getting back to my conspiracy mm-hmm, theory out in the mm-hmm. grass. You know, he's challenged Mike McCarthy and said, listen, man, I'm paying you a lot of money. You're the offensive mind. You're supposed to be the offensive guru and the quarterback guy. I might need you to go take over, be more hands-on with Dak. I might need you to take over some of this. And, yeah, you can hire the people you want to, take, you want to hire, but you need, it, this needs to be, maybe you need to be the offensive mind here. Oh, maybe uh, it needs to be you instead of Kellen Moore's offense. It's, it was Kellen Moore's offense before you got here. We kept Kellen Moore around. It was still his offense. You just put your spin on it. Maybe now it should be your offense, Mike McCarthy. The fear is I hope, I hope he's got you know an offense that's tailored around Dak, but I think that maybe has been the challenge and the gauntlet laid down. Well, I, I, and I don't disagree with you when, when you sit back and you look at how everything has kind of played out. Uh, especially now we, we just got this news. Kellen Moore had interviewed for the uh, Carolina Panthers job, mm-hmm. and Frank Wright got named today. And so now you're sitting there, everybody's up for an evaluation, everybody's dealing with these kind of things. But I sit here now, and this goes back to something that we've been talking about for the last week, since that game on Sunday night, have they reached their ceiling mm-hmm. as, a, as a couple? Sometimes as a couple, you reach your ceiling. This is the max that we can do. We're not going to get any better. We're not going to get any worse. But we have to figure out a way to make adjustments. And the adjustments that we're making aren't, aren't, aren't happening right now. So this is the long, hard conversation. The thing that's curious to me is him saying these evaluations take uh, two days. Do they really? You've been evaluating them for a couple years now. You've been here for two years. <laughs> You've been evaluating what's been happening with this team for quite some time. Very true. How how have you what what have you seen changed, and what have you seen get better? What have you seen get worse? I need to know a little bit more about it. So right now, uh, it I would lean he may be gone. But it also goes back mm-hmm. to what we talked about mm-hmm. too. Maybe the relationship is what it is. Hey man, it's time for me to move around. I got to go try to find another gig because there's some other jobs that are out there. Let me go get another one and move on from this one. And, Hard, remember, he's been evaluating Kellen Moore because he watched every single snap of the Cowboys before he became head coach. <laughs> That's yep. a low blow, Patrick. <laughs> that hey. was unnecessary. Cowboys fans are trying to they're trying to celebrate Dan Quinn coming back and Kellen Moore leaving, and mm-hmm. then you take that unnecessary I shot. I will take uh, no lies told for 200. <laughs> I will take no lies told for 200. Uh, but, you know, getting, getting back to it, though, I – I do think it's good. Actually, and I'll say this, I like Kellen Moore. I've always said that. And listen, you guys have had a top five offense basically every year that Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott have been together when Dak Prescott's been healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll admit, in, in terms of the matchups against elite teams when it counts in the playoffs, um, yeah, this past 
this past uh, playoffs performance was a disappoint- disappointment. And you, you got to figure out how to maximize Dak Prescott's ability. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. need to bring in somebody who can do that. And I don't know if Kellen Moore can do that. Doesn't mean Kellen Moore's a bad offensive coordinator. But to, to, to maximize Dak Prescott's ability right now, it is very possible, yes, that basically as a as a – you know, as the, as a group, uh, offensive coordinator, play caller, and quarterback, um, that combination, they've hit their ceiling together. I think for Kellen Moore, it'd be really good for him because his reputation right now has been tied to Dak. Yep. It's just tied to and Dak's, you know, did subpar performance this year, and his regression has also caused the value of Kellen Moore as a coordinator and as an offensive mind to also – Decrease his yeah. value has dropped off a map. Right now, now he's only getting one uh, head coaching interview, and I don't even know if he was a finalist there. So I think for him, he needs to go somewhere else and almost drum up some more momentum uh, about his brand. Yep. And we know the best way to do that in today's day and age is go somewhere and revitalize and resuscitate a quarterback's career. Uh, that's what you need to do. That's mm-hmm. what Brian Dable did. That's what. That's how you get it. That's what Sean McVay did. And that's why I think the opposite is happening for him. When Dak Prescott was balling out of control, his stock was really high because he was tied to Dak Prescott's productivity. Now that Dak Prescott has regressed a little bit, he is now, you know, his value has also taken a hit as no a doubt. result. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. The value has kind of gone down because of the relationship and the way that uh, – my man uh, Dak Prescott has performed over the past season. But let's not forget, too, I don't want to hold this against him that much. Dak, one year, had a broken leg, but we also saw him go out and and really try to help Andy Dalton as the backup quarterback. We also saw him call great games with Mm -hmm. uh, Cooper Rush as the quarterback. So we can also – we give him a little bit of praise – but when Dak became back as the quarterback, he tried to be aggressive. He tried to be fancy. And, again, I don't know if I can put all of that on him strictly because of the fact that we heard the stories. We don't know how much is true or how much is false that Dak would check out of plays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yep. that way now you're going to know exactly what you if, – if you let him walk, you're going to actually know what you let walk and what you kept because if Dak goes out there and – underperforms even more so with a new play caller, now what is going to be the excuse for Dak Prescott? So you you might be out there saying, to Patrick's point with the salary cap and what we were doing before, you may end up saying, okay, well, Dak is not our guy. So maybe it wasn't Kellen Moore. Maybe it was more of Dak failing at what was going on. Now we can move on from him as well through that salary cap. But that's the thing, too, is if he's checking out of all these plays and that's not being addressed, that that's a problem, and I'm calling that, that's a coaching mistake. Mike McCarthy. And you can put on Mike, you can put on Kellen Moore, but Kellen Moore, if that's your boy and that's your best friend and you guys are buddy-buddy, you need to be able to sit in the locker room and go, hey, man, Dak, why did you check out of 53% of my plays? Yep. You need to tell me why. And if you do it again next week, then we're going to have problems. Yep. You can't keep checking out because what I'm telling when watch the film. Now, if I called, mm-hmm. tell me how mine would have worked better. Right. And so if, if that's the case, it's still the coach's fault that you let this go on for an entire yeah. season or yep. two seasons or that's whatever has been going on because you're still in charge. Yep. And Tell I get you can't really bench Dak Prescott. Nope. But at the same part, you can basically take away his audible power and tell the, <laughs> tell the rest of the, t- the team, hey, man, when he calls for a change, don't move. You're running the play we called. Yeah. 
Uh, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I heard um, Nate Newton talk about that, that Dak changed yeah. a lot of plays. I would love to know, like, what you know, percentage uh, plays he changes at the line of scrimmage and how successful those plays are compared to others. Uh, we don't have those types of numbers. But uh, it, is, it is clear the Cowboys, if you're a Cowboys fan, you got to like this, that the Cowboys are not only frustrated uh, currently, um, but they are not going to rest. Um, that they're going to make some moves, and you got to like that as a Cowboys fan, man. They're deciding that it's about action, uh, that they need to make moves, they need to do them now. Will they work? I'm not sure, but Dan <laughs> Quinn staying is a huge part of it. And uh, there's another quote that uh, we got to get into just really quickly before we get into Hard Knock Life from Jerry Jones about his relationship with Dan Quinn. No, sorry, uh, with Mike McCarthy, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, because Mike McCarthy, um, everybody's wondering about his job security. Um, so uh, Jerry Jones basically has said that, uh, and this comes from Michael Gelkin, that Mike McCarthy um, basically told him he wants him to be the coach there uh, as long as Tom Landry did. He was going to be the coach there as long as Tom Landry was the coach, which was it? Tw- 29 30, years. 30 years, yeah. <laughs> 29 years. I mean, that's come on, our, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that's, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, come on, man. Hey, man, it's Jerry Jones, though. Jerry. Mike McCarthy is old. Uh, he ain't going to be there that long. Hey, it'd be great if he's anywhere in the Tom Landry that conversation. That means you're winning. Uh, that's, amen. So that's a yeah, good thing. For uh, I don't fans. know about that. Say, hey, man, we want Sark to be the coach for as long as Mac Brown did. You know why? Because then we got a ring. We got another title. We're doing good. That's all it means. That's all it means. It's all it means is Jerry's means. telling me, I want yeah. you to be very successful because I don't want to have to fire you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I will. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm used that. to that. Uh, so, yeah, so there's a lot of the, the news out there, especially with the coaching carousel. Cowboys related news. We'll get back to it. What you got coming up for Hard Knock Life? I'm going to talk a little bit of basketball, and it's the NBA level because something is happening that we have not addressed yet, and I just want to bring it up and leave it as an open book test. Oh, I like this. Yeah. All right, we'll get into that little NBA discussion for Hard yeah. Knock Life right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Yeah, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a more specific theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your it's your boy Harbaugh Harge. You can follow me on Twitter at Harbaugh Harge. You can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers. And you can follow the man behind the glass that's in charge of all of our themes at It's Patrick Davis. We love it when you're part of the show. You can hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And I wanted to talk about this um, a while back, but as the days have gone on, you continue to see certain things that have uh, transpired. And I know I'm a transition to basketball um, just a little bit. But one of the biggest stories that I've seen, and, and a lot of people 
aren't really talking about it. We talk about it amongst ourselves in here, but we haven't really brought it to the airways. But the story came out the other day, January 24th, that LeBron James, who is still playing at a very, very high level, and when I break this down, you'll understand what I'm talking about, but LeBron James the other day became the only player to score 40 points against every single franchise that he has played against. There are, I believe, 30 NBA teams, and he has scored 40 points or more against every single franchise in the NBA. That, to me, is astounding. As an athlete, Rod, you know, you played against multiple teams, and you may have a good team against a good game against one, but that you play against a certain team, you don't play that well against them. And not only that, for him to be doing it at the age that he is mm-hmm. is unbelievable. We yeah. give Tom Brady praise about what he's been able to do with the championships and all that going against these teams. But LeBron is playing basketball. I mean, now they're giving people uh, load management. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still confused about that. Uh, you don't play every single day. It's no, like baseball. Man. Yeah. Cal Ripken played for a very long time without taking a day off. Oh, so man. you know the, the OG mm-hmm. was out there, but LeBron uh, turned. Uh, he had his birthday December thirtieth. In ten games since his birthday, he has turned. I mean, he has averaged thirty-eight and a half points, <laughs> thirty-five and a half points per game, nine rebounds, and seven point nine assists. At thirty-seven, he did. He had 30 points per game, eight and a half rebounds, and five and a half assists. Yes, yeah, when he turned 36, he had 24 point uh, six points per game. He averaged that eight and a half rebounds and eight and a half assists. Mm-hmm. When he turned 35, he had 25 points, 25.2, 7.9 rebounds and 10.7 assists. As he's getting older, it seems like he's getting better. Yep. And at the very beginning of his career, and Patrick, you can speak to this a little bit too, he wasn't a great three-point shooter. Now it seems like that's the only thing he's taking. <laughs> it seems like he's shooting more three-pointers than he ever has. And to me, it goes back to my man Rob Babers. Mm-hmm. He's like, man, is he? A, he's got X-Man qualities because it seems as he gets older, he continues to get better. Uh, in 2013, he was the MVP of the NBA. He was 28 years old. He averaged 26.8 points per game. He averaged eight rebounds per game. He averaged 7.3 assists a game, and he shot 56.5% from uh, the field. Hmm. This season at 38 years old, as of January 23rd, at 38 years old, he averaged 29.8 points per game. He's got eight and a half rebounds per game. He's got 6.9 assists per game. And he's shooting 50% from the field. That's crazy. That is a decade. That is a decade Hmm. since his last, well, since his MVP in 2013. Have y'all seen anything like this? Because everybody wants to go to Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan, obviously, is one of the best, if not the greatest basketball player to ever walk the earth. Mm -hmm. And I know everybody wants to fight about this. Mm -hmm. I'm not fighting about it. That's a wasted energy for me. (laughs) But when you see him and what he's been able to do at this point in his career, 
And he spends, what, a million dollars a year on his body with the training and the food and the nutrition and everything that he's doing. Who is the last person that you can honestly say that has played this position like him at this age? I got maybe Kareem. How old is Kareem? And by the way, he's he's 148 points away from passing Kareem to be the all-time leading scorer. I don't know how old Kareem was when he retired. No, and Kareem also, he comes into a league where he is physically a dominating. And LeBron is physically dominating of that. He's just always been built super strong. Yeah. So he's been able to play post up and do whatever else he can do. But Kareem, you know, could shoot over guys even when he got older. Now, it is impressive he can run up and down a court. Up and down the court. <laughs> yeah, as yes. you get older. Like, just the, the the beating that goes onto your knees and your hips and your ankles and yeah. everything. It's just, it's hard to do for a long time yeah, Kareem, at a high level. Kareem at 38, I think he did have a 20, he averaged 23 points at 38. But then after that, he fell off a cliff. Well, I mean, fell off a cliff. Well, yeah, yeah, 17, yeah, yeah, yeah. averaging like 17, 14. You know, fell off a cliff. Oh, That's all right. Exactly. <laughs> So Get him I, out of there. I, I apologize for the disrespect to Kareem. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're right. I I can't I mean, I can't think of it. Patrick probably would know better than us because he watches a lot more NBA and probably more of an NBA historian, but I guys just not, don't play yeah. at that type of level, that high of level when you're thirty eight. You can't. Well, no, and I mean normally like even if you're great, you do have that point where it starts to fade and you don't adjust your game. Like you said earlier, he shoots more threes now than he did. It's he's had to continue to adjust his game. So that he stays relevant and can put up numbers and do things. Now you can argue all you want about that he may not be caring as much about winning as he used to, uh, mm-hmm. which I, I think yeah. he still cares. It's just he understands that uh, what he'd have to give up to win, and he may not necessarily want to give all that stuff up anymore. Exactly. Right? He's got his rings, and he says, "Uh, you know what? I don't want to take a massive pay cut to maybe win and give some of these other people that I don't think deserve as much." more and really i'm just helping out a franchise who's too cheap to do some things yeah it's just it's just really interesting to me because i understand the hate everybody wants to hate on somebody everybody wants to beat up lebron because of whatever reason but when you look at what happens on the basketball court on the basketball court to me he seems to be one of the most un he's unselfish he's not a selfish basketball player he looks to pass the ball before he takes the shot, and that's why he's been criticized a lot of times. And the frustrating part for me is you can still love Michael Jordan and still respect LeBron because of his game, but it, it it's like anything else. It's like you don't care one way or the other, so you want to hate on one person as opposed to liking them both. It's okay to like two people. Yeah. It's okay to be loyal to two people. I grew up, my first pair of basketball shoes I bought with my money were Jordans. But I also own a pair of LeBrons. I'm not upset with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just is crazy to me because of the animosity is like, I don't want to give that person too much love because I'm a Jordan guy. I hate LeBron. I was like, why? No, and, and I, I know why this. Why do you hate him? This sounds crazy. And basketball is probably one of the worst sports in it. Uh, you can like different generations of basketball and not compare them because they're very exactly. different. Exactly. Like I can go watch old Celtic stuff with Bill Russell, and you find old little clips of it of Bill Russell playing, and you're like, "That's amazing." You're never working today's game, mm-hmm. but it was amazing to watch what he could do. And then you can go watch just beat up basketball of guys that 
couldn't could not do anything in today's game because the game would blow past them because mm-hmm. they're just bigger yep. guys that played physical in there and watch them go, man, look at that. That's what the style of the game was then. And then watch today and watch really great players do amazing things, make insane passes. The fact that they can shoot threes, I think they need to adjust the three-point line or adjust and make adjustments in there because it is just getting too easy and you just kind of have to shake the game up at points. But it's you don't have to. Hate something just because, like, no, I grew up, I'm nostalgic, so I love this type of basketball, and everything else is terrible. It's like, well, you don't really love basketball then. Right. Because, man, you, if you play pickup ball, you know it varies completely differently all the time now. Right. It's good. Yeah. You watch college basketball, if you go conference to conference, you can see different styles, differently reft ways. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it can go very different depending, and especially once you start to get out of the power five. Yep. There's games where it's these guys are insanely fast. And everything goes so there. good, yeah. but they call they're calling a lot of stuff. And then you watch another one, and they'll just have big guys that can't really move that much. But every team has a seven footer that's not very agile, and they just get in the post and just beat each other up. And there's conferences like that that when you go down lower, it it all still exists out there. But you can enjoy you can enjoy everything. You don't yeah. you don't have to hate. Yeah, no, I know people like to. Don't that, have to. I think you just hit the nail on the head. It's a lot of it's um, people like to hate. They like the uh, the angst. Uh, it actually drives yes. some people, yes. especially in the sports world. We know that that's why sports debates are usually kind of built around that model. Right, right. I mean, look right. at you know. You, I'm not even gonna name the show, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, but right. to your, no, it's your point though. Uh, I I I agree with you, man. It's that that debate between about LeBron and MJ. It is the um, the Ouroboros, I believe is what it's called. The snake eating its own tail. That's it's just like never ending. It, we will continue to have the MJ LeBron debate forever. And I'm with you. In the end, I think it's like to me, it's Tupac and Biggie. Right, uh, that's where I am with it now. I if I asked you uh, who's your favorite, Tupac or Biggie, you say Biggie. I go, all right, respect. Yeah, Biggie's legit. I'm, I'm a Tupac guy, but right. I respect your choice. It, it's just it's a preference, and I think at one point we're gonna get to LeBron and MJ. It's just a preference. Right, you're an MJ guy. Cool. I'm a yeah, LeBron guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm a LeBron. Yeah. Guy. I'm a, I'm a yeah. Tupac guy. You're I'm a Biggie. A, guy? I'm a Biggie. Yeah, right. And yeah. I mean, like in the reality of the game, I actually like UGK better than all of them. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you look at the way the game is played today, and some of the top stars if you don't have that first dream team in the olympics then basketball doesn't come more of an uh, international sport you may not have luka Doncic, you may not have uh greek uh, greek freak you yeah. may not have uh joker. joker you may not have any of these guys who are mvps year in and year out all those guys are gonna be there however those guys were not growing up when the dream team first came up so those guys grew up watching lebron so you can put it however you want but the way they like these guys both made huge, huge impacts in the game, and they look for me. Michael Jordan was the best player to ever do it because he just had a separate edge and a different level. Mm-hmm. LeBron James is one A, is one B. Like he's also insanely, insanely talented. I don't need to compare him though. It's different generations, right. different games. Both of them could play in either one, and there's not a lot of guys who can say that. I agree. I'm, I'm, at, I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with the debate. I'm yeah. actually at peace. No, That's why I not. said I'm not going to yeah. argue with you. I, I, I don't. Really, <laughs> people have been shanked, actually. Exactly. Been stabbed having the argument over LeBron. I'm not joking, over LeBron and MJ. I, and I'm not that passionate about it. So I, here's the I'm here's very the lucky that I've seen both of them play live multiple right. times. Exactly. That, that that's what I'm very lucky. I'm like, oh, in my lifetime, i got to see both these guys. That's amazing. That's exactly. awesome. I've exactly. seen Biggie and Tupac in concert. Here's one of the biggest. Here's where people always go to, at least some of the people that I know from the barbershop that kick it, they always go, 
I ain't never seen nobody get stabbed for no LeBrons. <laughs> <laughs> ain't, hey, no, ain't nobody ever true. robbed nobody no, for LeBron. And that's why your boy didn't. <laughs> I, I, didn't I didn't own a pair of J's. I got to the league. No, you got them at Keem's. Uh, yeah, yeah, you got $34 <laughs> in Payless. I had, <laughs> hey, I had, them, I had them Starberries. For real. I had them Starberries where you can buy it. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I'm just, I, just, I just wanted to make sure that everybody understands that what he's doing at this age Regardless of who you root for or how, who you kick it with, only thing I always look at is give him his flowers now because everybody else in the league, the people that play, respect his game. Yeah, I, I, I love the stat we gave the other day about he's played against nine father-son yes, yes. Like, tandems, tandems in his life. He's basically played against father two, nine father-sons. I played against your that daddy on his way out, crazy, and man. I play against you on your way up. <laughs> I did your daddy dirty. Yeah, and I'm about, I'm about to do, to do you, you dirty. Same move. Same move I got on your same daddy. Same move. Your daddy, your daddy, man. Y'all. You must not have been watching them games I was playing against your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that man, you can crazy. see when Michael Jordan started, he had short shorts. He went to long pants. When, Mike, when LeBron started, he had long pants. and gone back to short, short. short. They both played so long, they could have two styles of shorts. And not only that, it always true. go back. It's the circle of life. Yeah. Exactly. You come in wearing a diaper and you leave wearing a diaper. Yeah. It's yeah. the circle of life. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's, like I said, it's a preference thing, man. I can, yeah. I, I can make the case. You can make the case for LeBron. You can make the case for MJ if you want to. I still think MJ is the GOAT, but I don't think LeBron is done. He'll, I'm just, I'm, LeBron's doing more stuff to add to his resume. And when he ends up playing with his own son or against his own damn son, that's going to be another random nugget you add to the resume. Like, who the hell's ever done that? Oh, Oh, by the way, Who's he's played also played with or against their own damn son. He's also a billionaire like Mike, and he's also already yeah already a billionaire. Yeah, that was quick, fast. I do blame while him. he's playing. Mike wasn't a billionaire while he was playing. Nah, I know that's crazy. That's wild. You're you right. know, what I'm saying? It's great. Like hell of an accomplishment. That's what, exactly. Yeah, you're right. I agree yeah. with that. Uh, all right, good stuff there for Harsh Knock Life. Uh, LeBron appreciation. Come moment on, man. For about time. Uh, all right, we come back. Uh, we got off the record. This will be a, a kind of a Craig Way appreciation moment, and what? this is the greatest moment in the history of Uber Eats potentially. Love all it. of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful Nine Horns. DD. Mega doo-doo, I'm sorry, Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get, I get a break my head cold. Well, congratulations, continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! And thing sucks! All right, welcome back to another edition of Off the Record right here on Ball Don't Lie. All right, we got a couple of pieces of audio that we got to get to, and uh, they're self-explanatory, so I don't have to break them down too much. Uh, but just to give you uh, the backstory here, so apparently uh, at a game, the college basketball game between uh, Duquesne and Loyola, uh, Loyola, Chicago, this was earlier this week. This was uh, in Pittsburgh at UPMC Cooper Fieldhouse. Uh, and they're not sure if this was a joke or if this was it's just somebody who totally was just being, I don't know, just <laughs> being disrespectful or someone who was just unaware of the proceedings and everything happening. But a Uber Eats driver, a delivery driver, apparently wandered into the facility there 
and then tried to deliver to whoever ordered the food. I think it was McDonald's, actually, they had ordered. Um, and then end up wandering near the court or even on to the court. Uh, there was actually a really cool play-by-play breakdown and analysis from the uh, the play-by-play guys when they saw this Uber Eats driver on the floor. Here it is. We'll let it go into the bench, and Loyola will take over 10 minutes before we get a stoppage. And we've got an official's timeout. Somebody came on the floor on the far side. Looking for an Uber Eats delivery or something there. He's carrying some McDonald's. Oh, this has to be one of the all-time greats. I'm actually not kidding. No, no, this is the truth. I think that's what's happening. This guy's in the corner. looked like he... Was he going to deliver the the McDonald's to somebody on the court? Can we rule that out? He's... (laughs) I mean... I think that's an Uber Eats sticker. Is that what that is? I'm trying to get confirmation. Uber Eats, yes. Maybe I'll put my hand up. I'm getting a little hungry. You can bring it over here. So we saw the stoppage. The the man was usher. Let's see if we can see this. No, this is going to be the turnover in the corner. There he is. There 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 he is. Yay, yay. This guy is actually, who's he delivering it to? The ref. The 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 ref said later. Give it to me later. Not now. Philip Alston's done a lot. I didn't think he needed a Big Mac for sustenance in the middle of the game. I know, but I'm well, the official out there, Tim, he he distanced him like, I didn't say now. Later. That's got to be unbelievable. That's got to be something that the highlight shows are going to have a blast with. All right, there's a belief that, um, yeah, there could have been a prank of some kind or some YouTube social media star or whatever might have uh, staged some type of prank, too. Uh, That's the suspicion right now. They have not confirmed that. Either way, no, the game actually was happening, them interfering in the game. uh, That part might have been something that was... uh, like diabolically planned behind the scenes by some prankster. But we don't really know it uh, right now. But, yeah, I, if you Uber Eats, you got to love this. I mean, this is one of the greatest commercials that you could ever have for Uber Eats, randomly. It's, it's a lot of free advertising, and it also it's like, man, do you have the dumbest drivers? In the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm mad, exactly, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, I don't know what the – I don't order a lot of uh, – a ton of food delivery, but I imagine you give them special instructions there. Special I, instructions, which are – Hey man, you might want to stay off the court. <laughs> exactly. Special. Like, I would if if I was a driver. And the special instructions were section one hundred and four. <laughs> See, I'm like, no, no, turn this order down. It's crazy that he got into the arena. He just let you into into the arena. He didn't have a ticket. Yeah, I mean, did that dude just you right? Just, like, hey man, I will tell you this: if you confidently walk most places, now it only works at the Moody because Moody is pretty high security. They got good people working there. I know certain festivals and other places that if you just walk in and you have stuff with you, like you look like you're working, you're like, I guess he's working. Yeah. I don't want to stop. Like, I'm not going to stop. Like for years, you wanted to get into a club or whatever. When I was underage, I just carried a guitar and looked angry. And then they'll <laughs> yeah. be like, I guess he's working. That's true. Good point. And like George Cassanza. People yeah. think you're busy. You exactly. Look busy. Look, and you, you just walk in. I just walk in, and they wouldn't. Be like, we don't have to card this kid. Uh, <laughs> I see the texture saying it was a, it was a prank and it was a social media stunt. Uh, that is the belief. But something that did happen, and I heard a texter here saying, "I'd love to hear Craig Way uh, doing giving his own play by play of it." I'm glad that you requested this texter because there was an unfortunate, and now we know nobody was seriously hurt. So we can now replay this and actually relive the moment of Craig Way giving play-by-play of a, an incident that was not staged. It was not a prank. 
It was the legendary, iconic call of the runaway golf cart. Here's Craig Way. Uh, we've had a disturbance down on the field where uh, during the celebration, apparently one of, one of the carts on the field apparently got loose, and there have been some folks, I think, injured in this, and you'll see. Oh, my. And that that's like a runaway cart there, and <laughs> it finally took someone to stop it. And folks injured there, and you hope it's not serious, but that's a that's a scary thing there with that cart racing through and knocking some folks down and again some people down on the field and representatives of the UIL staff, I think, okay, but well, that's that's a scary thing to have happen there as uh, that cart just got loose. You have another individual down on the field as well. And well, you hope that that's not serious, but that's that is frightening. Something happened where that car got loose. It's one of those deals in the electric car where the where the throttle pedal, I guess, sticks and difficult for someone to get the brakes stopped on that. Craig Way, a consummate professional, a runaway golf cart in the middle of his broadcast and call. Uh, you know, after the what national the uh, state title game, he's just doing post game wrap up analysis, and still gives you the play by play of the actual runaway golf cart. Amen. That's just that's just a professional right there. He didn't panic. There was no, no panic in his voice. No panic. No, no throwing the break. No, he no. Just, yes. he gave you. I, I I got the visual in my head. I didn't even <laughs> need to watch it. I got the perfect visual of what happened. Uh, Victor says that was Danny Amendola's dad that got run over by the cart. Yeah, very sad too. I'm glad he was okay. That's the only way that we can talk. We can play it. Because he's okay. It's like when you you ever watch those shows with those uh, they have those like the crashes and stuff like that. Yeah, you always assume those people live, right? You no, I don't. But <laughs> I assume they place where people just die. Yeah, I assume that people they say they live. <laughs> we have like the wreck and he rose over like fourteen times. Yeah. I'm like I'm assuming he lived. I wouldn't want to watch it. But I, I mean, or maybe it's just a head in a jar now. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Very good point. Uh, but there you go. Kudos to Craig Way because uh, he's the man. I always look for any excuse to play that video, uh, play that audio of Craig Way just to give him props because uh, what, what don't you love about Craig Way, the voice of the Longhorns? All right, we come back. We'll give you all the breaking news because there's tons of it. Cowboys-related, NFL-related uh, news. We'll get to all of it and more coming up right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horns.